And and 15 years ago, if you had asked me if coaching was something that I wanted to do, like as a kid, so I would say no. Like who is going to listen to somebody? Yeah, not that kind of a person. Like, you know, that is, that is who I thought I was. Yeah. But then for me, what came out of this whole um, transformation is presence, consciousness. And I love to get other people present. And I love to be present no matter what I do. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Okay, so you guys, I am stoked for your ears to hear this. Um, I, first of all, you're just going to love her voice. I found myself just mesmerized and like taking it all in, but um. Our guest today is Sunita Sandeep. She's a TEDx speaker. She's a transformational life coach, and she um, truly uses all of the tools that we have around energetics and somatics and and more than just that to help everybody um, understand kind of like why they're doing all the things like, hello, where are my overachievers at? Why are you doing that? <laughs> um, and and we went into a variety of topics, but first of all, get your notepads out because there's a couple questions she throws out there that I want you to save for when you are in a space where you're just like, oh my God, everything is too much um, because it can really explain where your work needs to be. Uh, and also we dove into passion and purpose and as someone who my scope is not therapy, right? Um, but as a as a business coach and as a applies instructor and a breath and habits coach, something that like I've always been stuck on a little bit is how to help people with this one area. And she puts it together in such an amazing package that I'm so excited for you to hear this. I will be sending people <laughs> that part of the episode all the time. I'll be like, go listen to this part of the episode, go now. Um, because it's just uh so informative, beautiful. And while simple, complicated to do if you are not facing the stuff that comes before it. So um, all of that is going to be here in this episode. I'm excited for you to hear this. I really cannot wait to hear your takeaways. You know, it's so important to me. And and hopefully you enjoy the takeaways that Brad and I have. I really am already excited to do the recap episode with Brad about this because I think it can, I think it's going to reveal a lot about why you do what you do. So here is Sunita Sandeep. loves it's here opc summer camp you know that thing we started last year well we're doing it again this year and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world which means all day long you can nerd out with me at camp zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot no you can have the amazing food from your own home you can be whatever clothes you want to be in and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for in fact you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money in fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got Reformer. We've got some happy hip Reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers, and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! All right, be it babe. Hello, welcome back. I am so thrilled to have a conversation with today's guest. Um, when I came across what she does and how she moves in this world and the things that she talks about, I was like, oh, we must have this person on. Um, I love anytime we have a TEDx speaker or someone who can talk about mindfulness and trauma and somatics because it's something that I don't think there's enough information about. We've talked about somatics before, but it's becoming more and more um, needed, I think. Oh, it's probably always been needed, but more and more accessible. So Sunita Sandeep, thank you for being our guest today. Can you tell everyone who you are and what you're rocking at? 
Yeah, thank you so much, Leslie, for having me here. And it's wonderful to um, see what you're doing, especially spreading awareness on the big topics of trauma, mindfulness, somatic healing. And that's exactly what I do. I'm a transformative coach and I help high-functioning women who are going through a lot of inner struggles of whether it's uh, stress, anxiety, burnout, uh, and then again, burnout can have a lot of causes, hidden traumas, conditioning, and so, and uh, uh, take them through a process of uh, both mental healing, emotional healing, somatic healing, a little bit more into the energetics and also into the consciousness level um, so that they can have a higher professional impact, but with deep personal fulfillment, what I do. Okay. Ob obsessed and also like <laughs> I, it's you must have lived nine lives to have all this expertise and get into what you're doing but part of me my curiosity went to like with these high functioning like these high um almost like overachiever women yes. do you find that it after they work with you that that changes how they engage like are they you know what I mean? Because I'm thinking about the type yeah. of woman who like has these jobs, who is going into burnout for a variety of reasons. It could be from like they overwork themselves to prove, like, prove that they're worthy yes. or they're avoiding um, dealing with the trauma they have. Do you find that it changes them in a way of how they actually show up in their workplace? Completely, completely. Um, they will still, some of them even still get promoted. However, whatever they do becomes more with ease. A little mm -hmm. bit more effortlessness because you see there's something that is in within has changed. So the outer environment usually doesn't change or it changes for the better. But then the inner environment has changed. And some of them even um, add on more to what they were doing along with their job. They now start getting into more into their passion, their hobbies, and then they come up with other purposes that they feel a little bit more inclined to more coming from the heart. And some of them say like, you know, executiveness is executive job is something that I really drives me and I want to go further. And some of them will be like, you know, I'm, I'm fine with the, with the job that I'm doing and I want to give a little bit more importance to my family and, and I want to spend more time with my kids. So it's, it's all very different and it's very unique to each person. But I think from the end results, what I see is, They'll continue to do what they want to do and even more, but with kind of an ease and effortlessness. And that's, that's the aim of my whole program. Yeah. In, ease within. I, um, I actually love that word ease. It's something I have like, I remember years ago, cause I was working for another company and I couldn't stop saying yes to promotions. Like it was a definite problem. <laughs> They're like, here you're being promoted. I'm like, thank you. And I like hated the first job. So I don't know why I thought I would like you the next one. first job. <laughs> And That's it's funny. so funny because I did it in the job previously and I quit that job. <laughs> Got another one. I was like, I'm not going to take a promotion. The next week they're like, we'd like to promote you to this. And I'm like, oh, I don't oh my say no. <laughs> so like <laughs> here I am <laughs> just like because there was that overachiever in me, like that yes. person who was raised at like straight A's like oh my gosh you're getting a promotion like that's such a great thing like and yeah. not it was never like taught like maybe you should see if you want the promotion <laughs> maybe you exactly, should evaluate right yeah so yeah. I was overachieving in this job that I didn't actually enjoy and I was trying to make something else for myself work and I was in these like two conflicts and I was I remember the word ease being like, I just wish it was easy. I just wish there was ease around this. And it took me the longest journey to figure out like, well, you can't have ease <laughs> the way you're doing things. You have to do something different. You can't. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and so yeah. Um, I wish I learned that it faster. True. But what are some ways that you explore with people how to bring ease into their life? I mean, it's not really a light switch because if there's a, a driving reason for them to not to do something a certain way, like just put it on the ease button doesn't exactly fix anything. Yeah, uh, it's not a direct uh, switch. Like, as you said, it's not like, you know, taking this belief structure that I'm, I'm struggling with everything within and then, okay, let me start doing everything easily. It's a kind of an inner ease that happens because you you first try to understand yourself at the mental level. Like, you know, as you said, overachieving comes with a lot of uh, perfectionism, comes with a lot of uh, people pleasing comes with a lot of uh, uh, wanting appreciation and recognition because that literally drives our feel. That's that's the driving uh, the motivation behind everything. And, uh, and then just understanding where those things started coming from, mm -hmm. why those things started happening. 
um, growing up as kids, like any overachiever kid, it's like, oh, I got straight A's. It's like, oh, you're you're great. Like, you're such a good girl. You're like doing amazing. You're really smart. Oh, she's such a perfect girl. And she doesn't cause any issues. You see these kind of words, what they do is they build an identity over you. Then you no matter what, whether you enjoy or not, whether it's a struggle for you within or not, you try to keep up to the identity because that's all you know. That is your identity. And um, now what happens is like, as you said, you were not enjoying, but then you were getting things done and, and you will continue to get things done. But the but the but from the inner side of it, you're completely unfulfilled. You're not just happy. It's, it's not happening effortlessly. There's more pressure. There's more stress. Eventually, if this continues for a longer time, it's going to cause you burnout. And then the burnout is not just like a physical exhaustion or so on. It's not like an overloaded doing so many things. It's a kind of soul burnout that we go through, mm. which is kind of like, you know, I just don't see the meaning in this. Like it's it's not it's not keeping your soul alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is the kind of burnout that I'm I'm really concerned about. And if you don't address that, it can go into into many deep pitfalls and cul-de-sacs and and wishier cycle and the spiral downward kind of a spiral. And it can literally affect the the overall life of a woman or with her partner, with her kids, uh, with who she is as a person, uh, even in her corporate world or, or any kind of a job that she is doing. It literally has impacts everywhere. Yeah. Oh, I, you're the first person to actually talk about that as a soul burnout because we coach a lot of people and they're like, well, I took a vacation and I'm still burnt yeah. out. I still, it didn't help. And it's like, yeah, cause the burnout isn't cause you're over working yourself. It's because of like the, like you're, you're, you're not in your purpose and the things that you're doing in a daily basis are not actually yeah. aligned yeah. with, you know, how you, the, like the person yeah. you want to be like they're on your soul level, your soul knows you're uh, incongruency there. Incongruency. <laughs> And usually when somebody says that, I ask them, are you overloaded or are you overwhelmed? Because there's a major difference between overloading and getting overwhelmed. Mm. If you want to take a break, like if you just want to take a sabbatical, go on a vacation, it helps if you're overloaded, meaning you're trying to accommodate too many things within your span of 16 hours of your waking time. That's overloaded. But then overwhelming is something that's going on within. And it doesn't matter whether you're working or whether you're your kids or whether you're just being with yourself. You can be overwhelmed all the time. You can be overwhelmed even in a vacation. It's like, oh, I'm going to visit this vacation place. These are the 10 things that I need to do one after the other. Like, you know, like, let's go mm-hmm. finish seeing this particular place. Let's do this, this restaurant. And this is what we need to check out. You can still get into that mode. And that's, again, it might feel like it's aligned and I really wanted to do this. I wanted to explore this vacation place. But again, the 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 the, the way you do it from an internal process is just causing more overwhelm. And again, mm-hmm. it, it falls back to that particular identity that you carry. I need to get things done. I need to finish certain things. It's like a to-do list that I need to check, check, check it off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, and I, you carry it wherever you go. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. This is cool. I really like how you broke that down because I can actually imagine a time in the past where I was overwhelmed versus overloaded. And it's, and it makes, and now it makes me understand like, oh, that's why that vacation was fine. And that's why this one wasn't, (laughs) that's why, you know? And so, uh, it's definitely, uh, what a, what a great question to ask yourself, write that down. Everyone, am I overloaded or am I overwhelmed? Love that. Okay. So, um, Here's, you know, we have a, a lot of women who listen. I call myself a recovering perfectionist and overachiever because to be recovered feels a little perfectionisty. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's a pro we're just in process recovering, all the time. <laughs> yeah. So um, but one of the things that this podcast exists for is for that perfectionist overachiever. So they could take messy action, so they could stop waiting until things are like aligned and everything is perfect. So they stop overwhelming themselves um to be the person they want to be in this world. So I wanted to have you on because I really do love the topic that you're talking about as a transformational coach and, and the way you help people. But I guess like my question where I, I feel the pushback of a listener is this, well, yeah. I can't just stop everything. <laughs> like, you like, can. I, yeah, 
Yeah, you can't stop everything. Um, uh, that that'll definitely help. You can't stop everything, but then you don't want to stop everything. See, that, that that's where it is. If you can stop, and if our if our lifestyle is such that we can just go live in a cave, if that works for you, there are a lot of people who have done that. Mm-hmm. But then the problem is we don't want that way. We want to we want to experience life with our kids. We want to have fun with our kids. We want to experience our life with our spouses. And uh, we want to build our business. We want to make that impact to others. We want to we want to work really well in a corporate environment, and then really bring that impact to others. We we want all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. It, that's what our soul is kind of craving, also. Uh, and it doesn't mean exactly that this is the way I want it to. It's it's working uh, as a professional doesn't mean I need to hit this particular ladder, like th- these particular steps by this time, and this is the money that I need. See, then it becomes overwhelming. Mm. Instead, it's like, okay, what, what is it that I can give? What, what is it that I can give? And I can still be present no matter what I'm doing. And then that will literally take you where you need to go. Mm. Um, so if it's possible for you to stop, try it out and see. It's likely that it, it is not possible. We we think that uh, in, 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 in that in that situation when we are going through so much overwhelm, it's like, I just want to stop. That, that's what we feel like. But the stopping is not the external activity. The stopping is more internally. And, and that's the shift that we need to learn. Yeah. How do we how do we do that? <laughs> how do we do that? <laughs> it's, it's a multiple, it's a multiple step process. It's not a quick fix as um, just going for meditation, just going for some yoga practice or just going to the gym or taking a stroll and like going for a hike or anything like that. You'll have to go down to the level uh, to your to your root causes. Um, one uh, one as we mentioned, just understanding your archetypal personality types of people pleaser or perfectionism overachiever, and, and understanding why you do that. Why mm-hmm. do you really have to overachieve, um, over recognition? Uh, success addicts. I call I call I call a lot of my um, uh, women as success addicts. They're literally addicted. Um, why do you need that? Um, because that's the way for them to meet themselves. They work, they work, they achieve something, kind of get a relief, and then they find themselves. That's the only way that they have become close to themselves, that they know of themselves. So naturally, you'll keep doing certain things because you want to feel yourself, you want to be close to yourself, you want to feel intimate with yourself. But then the journey is first to understand those kinds of patterns that we are doing, both at the mental level, at the emotional level, and at a somatic level, because a lot of things are stored inside our bodies. Our, our mind can be tricked to, to like, you know, affirm something hundred times and say, this is good, this is good or so, but our bodies cannot be tricked into it. We can trick our mind to do a lot of positive thinking, but the body is not going to listen to that. That's why we often see like, so I know what I need to do, but I just feel stuck. And I don't know how to just, just break the barrier and then go do what I want to do. Um, yeah. So all different layers have to be worked out. Um, and then once the environment is clean and neutral, because we should not be building anything over the environment that is already carrying so much conditioning and so much... Uh, um, negativity or or so much trauma, a little bit of clarification of that and a little bit of neutralizing will give you a little bit better foundation to build your next life. Mm. Um, and the other important aspect is when, when somebody comes to me for the first, um, first one or two sessions, I ask them, what do you want? And then when I ask them, what do they want? And like the few final sessions, it's completely different. Yeah, because what you want was coming more from your conditioned way. What what I wanted is what probably my mother wanted, or what what probably the society thought that I would be successful if I had this. Um, and it's not yeah. coming from a different place. Yeah. And then yeah, once you're clear, there is there's nothing blocking you from accessing your deeper place. Yeah, I I mean. I, I'm picturing like different people that we've worked with or in our communities or even like just in yeah. myself. And it is really interesting. Like, you know, if, if you like ask people like why they do what they do. Yeah. So many of them can't get past that surface level. Oh, I want to help people. <laughs> why do you want to help people? And yeah. they're like, 
they're stuck there. And that's like, that to me is like, I'm like, oh, there's some work there because part of what they want to do is what sounds good or what they think, what they've been told they should do or what, yeah. it doesn't have to be from their parents. It can even be from the industry that they're in like, oh, or we're all here to help people. But really like, if you can, if you can get past that, that layer to like, as you said, it, people, the first two sessions, they say this, but by the time we've moved on, what they really want, they, they can articulate in such a different way. And it might not look anything like it, but they finally exactly. got to get into that. Yeah. So you said you do that with like energetics and somatics and different things. Like what, what does that look like? And also for those people who don't, might not know what energetics or somatics is, can you just explain that a little bit? Yeah, so I teach a program called the AWAKE, A-W-A-K-E, and it's an acronym for five separate transformational shifts that they get. Um, A stands for awareness, and then W stands for within. Within is a, is a phase or a transformative phase wherein we go way deep inside our conditioning, um, inside uh, understanding our deep-held hidden fears. Um, I take them through a process. And then at the end of the process, the all the literally all the fears that are running humans as a whole, or even women as a whole, is the fear of being worthless, fear of being insignificant, fear of being unloved, fear of being lonely, and fear of losing um, mm. either themselves or fear of losing the loved ones. Mm -hmm. Those are the top five fears that's literally running every woman. And just having an understanding and going deep within and and letting something within speak because the only way you can you can kind of transmute the trauma is not by suppressing it or not just by expressing it and and dump all our all our emotional outbursts onto somebody is instead it is by a process called transmutation wherein you sit with it you give it the space for it to just come into the open express itself in a very safe way, either in the coaching session or when they're alone with themselves. And then release that into a process of presence. And, and that's where you start tapping into so much energy that is literally stuck because trauma and conditioning is nothing but um, deep held pockets or dense pockets of energetic contraction. That's all mm. it is. Uh, and, and, and energy is using to contract something that the body feels is unsafe for it to feel a little bit expansive and relaxed. So it's continuously contracting. And any time that trigger happens within, the body again goes into contraction. Now, I'm not safe. I can't be here. You can't be here. Because the body is protecting you. Mm -hmm. The body is kind of protecting us. It doesn't know that now we can handle things. It still is used to how we were handling things as a kid. And then it has still learned those or or maybe somebody went through some traumatic events in their life. The body has learned to contract and it doesn't want to let go. So, so in somatic and trauma healing practices, what we do is we give the safe space for the body and our nervous system to relax a bit. And feel like, oh, I can be present here. Even if somebody's triggering those events on me, uh, mm -hmm. because usually I do a lot of inquiry-based practices and then we go back to the trauma and it has to be done in a very safe way yeah. um, because otherwise, otherwise the body will go into more contraction. And it has to be done in layers, like one layer after the other, the second yeah. layer. And it has to be done in a very, very compassionate way. Um, and, and then the, the trauma begins to talk. Yeah, uh, it's trauma begins to release. That's the that's the deep work, which is the the W, and that is just a stage two. The stage three is that's a big stage. <laughs> that's a big stage. It feels like a big stage. How long can that take... stage take? Can I be in that? That's like, it depend on like what you're the trauma you're working with, or maybe the level the resistance of the person who like whether whether they're ready or not to go there. Like, how long can that take? It 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 is so. Um, it's so weird that I say this within two or three sessions, it can be done. Mm. It can be done because all it depends is how trusting the person is to, if the other person can trust me and mm -hmm. I'm the coach and I'm there and I'm helping them. Can you trust me? And, and the minute they trust something within kind of relaxes, first of all, like, Oh, this is safe. And, and the minute the body feels safe, it's literally a quantum shift that happens. 
it's not a very linear process that goes, okay, one after the other or so. It's like, as soon as the body is, is good, one layer is gone, one. Yeah. And then the other layer comes up. And then the more they do, the more the body is like, oh, okay, I had been in the situation wherein I had contracted and now I'm, I'm letting go and nothing happened to me. So I can do this again and again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's it it again depends on how how safe the body and how safe yeah. the mind feels. That's why it's very important to work in that environment initially. Um, I have my um, clients who also come from a PTSD background. Uh, a lot of PTSDs, a lot of severe um, problems that that they went through, and it's the same process that I do, whether it's conditioning or whether it's it's PTSD or whether it's trauma, the the current trauma that that they're going through. Um, and then the, the the third transformational shift is um, action, A-W-A-K-E. So A is action. And action here does not mean an outward action at all. Action is more, um, what does it mean to accept yourself? Not mentally, mm. not mentally at all. Because we all know, oh, I need to accept the way I am. I need to learn to let go. But are you really letting go? Are yeah. you really accepting yourself? Are you really compassionate to yourself? Do you feel that when you give compassion to yourself, does your heart open? Or is it mostly here? Does your body feel relaxed? Right. So, so then I teach them what are the ways to tap into the acceptance, compassion, and surrendering more from both body and from the, the, the heart. So the ultimately, it's keeping our heart open. And and that's where the deep us, the deep we, the the the, the deeper part of our authentic self, um, starts to to communicate and starts to come out and starts to awaken and 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 and, and take part in our in our lives. Um, and then finally, it's the K K A W A K E. So K is the kindling. At this stage, now their heart is a little bit open. Then we kind of coax the the heart and and then kindle it and then say, "What do you want?" What is it that you want? And uh, what gives you that that inner um, inner inspiration? Even if nobody recognizes what you do, nobody is ever going to know what you're going to do, like what you're going to be doing or writing a book. It'll never get published or you're speaking on the stage. Nobody is there to listen. Uh, or if you're teaching somebody and then maybe there's one person in the whole world, that'll be, good. That, that'll be your client. Will you continue to do that? Right? Mm-hmm. And then the answer is like, yes, because I want to do it. I want to do gardening. I want to write a book. I want to read a book or I want to go learn dancing. You see, that's completely different from I want to do it because somebody else thinks that this is cool. Yeah. Um, or somebody else thinks this is successful. And then the final part is the E, which is engagement in life. No matter how much we learn and how much we we. Um, we coax our authentic self, there is a part of engagement that needs to happen. A more conscious way of being, uh, whether it's uh, um, as a conscious parent, as a conscious uh, partner, as a conscious professional, conscious entrepreneur, conscious leader. So I touch upon those aspects as well um, as a a five-step transformative approach. What I love about how you approach it, and it's, you know, one of the things I tell people is like, you know, action is the antidote to fear. And what I love about your, when you talk about taking action, it is after you've let go of things and it is also making sure the actions are, instead of saying, I need to be kind to my, I need to love myself or I need to do this. It's like for someone who loves themselves so much or for someone who does, what actions do they take? What? And so it's like, um, it's like a, that, that a is very much the being it to, they see it. So it's not a, a shame or something that they're like forced upon themselves, but they're doing it. I know. To bring, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there, there's a lot of shame and guilt with respect to loving ourselves, with respecting to practicing uh, things like forgiveness and gratitude. Yeah. For a lot of people, this doesn't happen naturally. And it has to happen naturally. You cannot force it because gratitude, love, forgiveness, compassion, empathy is something that is a that is the first level of expression of your consciousness, the, the, mm-hmm. the deeper most level. You can't force upon it because and if you're trying to force upon it, it's it's not like a fake it till you make it kind of a thing. You can't do that. Yeah. Because these are deeper, deeper um, levels of your consciousness. And um, that if you try to do something from your mind, okay, no matter what, I'm going to forgive this person. That's not what is called for. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's that is something that they need to know. Um, otherwise, what happens is I need to be grateful for the things that I have. But you know what? I'm not feeling that way within. But I can't tell it to anybody because it's shameful. And yeah. I feel guilty for feeling that way. You see? And and it you becomes just like the person went on a total spiral just from saying I need to be grateful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, so th- so th- that's something that that people really need to learn that these qualities are not something that can be forced upon at all. It happens naturally, and mm-hmm. and your role in that is to just keep yourself open. Mm. That's all. Well, that and that, and, and <laughs> that's all. And also, probably the my hardest things to do is to like be open to yes to yeah. receiving that. You know, I think that's yeah. where people get really scared because it's like. Yeah. I mean, some people can't even receive a compliment. So let alone receive. <laughs> yeah, they can't even receive the compliment. Yeah, because there is also something, some other identity that crops up and say, no, you can't be, you, you can't be getting these things. You're not good. Like, you know, you're an imposter. Um, you're not even worthy of it. Mm-hmm. You see, because that's probably something that they learned growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have learned about this. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where it's coming from. Yeah, you brought up imposter, and so uh, I'm. Uh, I wonder, like, how many of the women that you that they come to you, and they're these like super successful, amazing women who've done crazy things, and how many of them feel like that imposter syndrome? All of them, some of them, probably most of them, most yeah. of them. Um, it's a very common thing. It's a very common thing because, um, as overachievers, we always try to compare ourselves. And then here we try to keep comparing ourselves with with ourselves. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, that that's that's not good. This is yeah. not good. And then people are going to find out that you're fake or um uh all, all these kinds of fear, fear-based yeah. approaches. Um and yeah, and it's a it's a very common, it's it's and it's very common and uh with, with high achievers. Yeah. Um, I find more, that too. More so with high achievers than than people who who usually take it easy and and take it more kind of laid off. Yeah. I got into researching it for a few reasons. One, because I felt imposter syndrome and I get all these like achievements. So I was like, what is going on? And I listened yeah. to Seth Godin answer a question about imposter syndrome. He's like, well, if you're new to something, you are an imposter. You should feel <laughs> that way if yeah. you are new yeah. to something. However, um, and he went off on another tangent. And then I said, well, if I'm not new to something and yet I'm feeling like an imposter, then what does that look like? So I was doing some research with like five types of imposter syndrome. Most of them have to do with perfectionism or if you were considered like a, a genius at the, a young age, like if you, like if age. things came really easy to you, yeah. all that yeah. stuff. And so that those, t- and, and there's like, you did things on your own. Like you, like you were just, I got lots yeah. of accolades, compliments or or even just like you had to for survival. So therefore there's these like five different ones and I can't remember all of them, but one of them has to do with perfectionism. One of them has to just be, everything came really easy to you when you were younger. Yeah. And, um, and what ends up happening is like, you're having imposter syndrome because you cannot, it's so hard for you to accept that what you just achieved was enough. Like that yeah. that was really good. Or that even if you did it because other people helped you, that you're still worthy yeah. and you're still valid. And yeah. it's really interesting what we, in all of our communities, we have, and now on the podcast of Fridays is, fuck yeah, Friday, you must celebrate something that happened that you did, like a win of any size. And it's um, what it's so fun because the people have been in the communities for years, you start to see them. They just do every Friday. They'll do it all week long. They'll go, I have a win on a Monday. Like they'll do it all. They It took <laughs> them a while, but they got there, right? And then there are some people who like it is so hard for them to post in that win, a one win on a Friday yeah. at one time because they're like, well, it's not good enough. Like it's not enough. It's not, yeah, it's not enough. It's not. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, the it could have been better. <laughs> yeah, it's not enough. And and what what do people think that if I post about this, it's not good enough to be posted? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, so I started share. I said I want to share your wins because I want people to see like what a win can look like, and it can be really small. It could be like yeah. I. I, um, you know, I asked one person this week to do this thing. Like that's a win. Like you, who cares what they said? Yes or no. The win is that you did the thing, right? Like, <laughs> you exactly. know, so, and, that's um, the shift. that's the shift. And I think you, you brought up a very important point there. The, the win, the, the definition of the success or the definition of the win needs to change mm-hmm. because for us, the definition of success is dependent on, I asked somebody, did they say yes or a no? 
right? That's the definition of a success for them. And for whatever reason that person said, no, it's not worthy enough to go and post it as a win because they're looking at more from a result perspective. But then the shift that needs to happen is it's a win because I tried. I asked them. I did it. The action itself needs to be your win. That's where you redefine your success. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that, 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 that's a big shift. That's a big shift. And it's not easy for, for many high achievers because achievement. <laughs> the, oh, the yeah. Word achievement. Yeah. No, um, I have, uh, we just had an episode come out recently where the guy asked him how he goal sets. And he said, I never set the goal that I'm going to get three clients. I cannot control if I'm going to get three clients. I can't control three people saying yes. I can only control the actions I can take to get people to hear about the service I have. And that might end up being. So I can only control if I fix my website. I can only control if I, the things that are in my control, I actually have steps I can take. Um, And I was, it's like, sounds so obvious and yet for the for the high achievers out there the overachievers it's not that's like they're like yeah. no the three clients is the goal i have to hit this n- monetary number yeah. and it's like we just don't control that we can only control the steps we take that could potentially exactly. lend itself to that result correct 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 and see that doesn't motivate <laughs> no <laughs> right it's like oh um if i set a goal like you know i need to i need to have like five clients um i'll do whatever it takes to 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 get those fly clients and it's and if my motivation is not hitting those results there's literally no motivation for me mm-hmm. you see that's the problem and that's where that's where the the uh, understanding the motivation and moving it into inspiration is needed because now when you're working from a place of inspiration whether you get five clients or zero clients, it doesn't matter because you're doing it because you love doing it. Mm-hmm. That's all. You just you would you would just do it whether people pay you money or not. You would keep talking whether is there if there is anybody to listen or not. You would just keep posting your videos. Yeah, that's what you have. Like you keep singing if you're a singer. You keep dancing if you're a dancer. You keep painting if you're an artist. You see. Um, and uh, but those are the real, real callings. Those are the real passion. Yeah. And also, like, as you're saying all of that, it's like, I, you don't have to sell the painting to be the artist. And you don't have to paint for a living to be an artist. You can actually. Exactly. Yes. Paint yes. It can on, be, because yeah. you, you're, you're called to. And you're called to. And the other things that you do don't have to have the whether or not you maybe don't want to be an accountant, but like maybe accounting provides you with the time to be the artist. And so you can, instead of like putting this pressure on like, who am I as an accountant? It's like, how can I, how can I allow my, the thing that pays for the life that I want to live to do that and not stress me out so that I can do these things over here that are the reason what of what I want is that yes that's that's a very beautiful way that you put because livelihood doesn't equate to your passion and purpose mm. it can be the same it can be the same for some people it's the same but then what we forget is even when people say oh this is my passion this is exactly what I wanted to do and I'm also able to earn money your passion and purpose changes Within five years, after five years, like let's say you're earning, you're you're like literally settled today with exactly what you wanted to do. If you're holding on to the same passion and purpose, it's a suffering again for you. Mm-hmm. So within some time, your passion and purpose will change because you have expanded as an individual. So if you're trying to always keep your livelihood with your passion and purpose, it's again a constant struggle and burnout and overwhelm. If you can yeah. keep it separate, it's like, I'm fine doing the job that I'm doing. And I'm fine doing the passion and the purpose. Because again, passion and purpose, there is a, there's a misnomer that passion and purpose is something that you do. Passion and purpose is more about what flows from you no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, it's not easy to get this difference for many because we usually, oh, I'm, I'm passionate about dancing, so I need to dance. No, you're passionate about expressing. Yeah. And dance is just one form of it. You can express it anywhere. 
um, for me, uh, when I when I started, like, you know, what is it that I really want to be doing in my life and, and so on, then you... Um, you just go onto the internet and social media, there'll be like 10 questions. What is it that you want to do? And what did you like doing as a kid? And blah, blah, blah. And I wrote all of those things. None of them felt like they even close to my passion. I'm like, no, this is exactly not what I want to do. And and 15 years ago, if you had asked me if coaching was something that I wanted to do, like as a kid, or so I would say no. Like who is going to listen to somebody? Yeah, not that kind of a person. Like, you know, that, that is who I thought I was. Yeah. But then... For me, what came out of this whole um, transformation is presence, consciousness. And I love to get other people present and I love to be present no matter what I do. So I take that passion, I take that purpose into everything that I do, whether I'm teaching, whether I'm speaking, whether I'm coaching, whether I'm at my corporate work or whether I'm at my my, uh, family with my kids, with my husband, with my dog or I'm singing, I'm also a singer, um, then of course, it's not that it's it's so seamless and 100% of the time that I'm there, but that's that's my path. Yeah. Well, and also like, thank you for saying that about the, even if your passion and purpose are making a livelihood right now, in yeah. five years, it it's going to change. And and it may be a different timeline for some people, but I do, you are correct because I was very, I found myself very lucky that my, what I love to do very much supported me and it supported me in bringing my husband onto the team. And then, um, but there was this like this, that, that inkling of over, it wasn't even overwhelmed. I don't know. Maybe it was overwhelmed, but I felt that this like thing, like this isn't, this isn't fulfilling the thing it used to fulfill anymore. And it's not that I wanted yeah. to quit because Brad was like, well, we could just quit. Like <laughs> That when that, I always ask myself that question when I'm feeling that way, I'm like, what if I just quit? And usually that makes me go, no, no, I actually love this. I love this thing that I'm doing, but my purpose had changed. And yeah. if similar to you, if someone had asked me 15 years ago, actually someone did, they're like, oh, do you want to run a studio? When I first started teaching, I was like, no. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to manage anybody, but I ended up running a studio and then I closed that studio. Now I run, you know, with my husband, I run three companies and I never wanted to do that. But the reason I do it now is because the purpose that I have has changed and the impact that I want to make requires this, this change in that. Uh huh. But where I get my, my, my passion has become even more clear and I can, it can happen through this podcast. It can happen through the coaching or it could happen when I'm walking my dogs or when I'm at the exactly. gym. Like, so it's actually quite cool that like, it's actually amazing because if you start to think, oh, my passion and purpose and my life are the same, it's going to be really hard for you to not do them. Like, what do you do on your day off? <laughs> <laughs> what, what what do you do on like a, for a hobby? Yeah, <laughs> you know, we yeah. have like that becomes yeah. really complicated if you have them so enmeshed and you don't see how yeah. they can they can be outside of your livelihood. Yeah. Imagine imagine if, if your passion, purpose, and livelihood, everything is just same. And for some people that is fine too. Um uh if if you're if you're talking to your kids or if you're being with your kids and somewhere you'll be like, Oh, this is not my passion or this is not my purpose. Imagine if that happens. How, how things are going to turn up for you as a parent. Yeah. Um, so, so again, the, the, the passion and the purpose are, we need to, we need to shift from doing passion mm-hmm. with, with an action to more from a, a being perspective, more, more like a feminine perspective. It's like, um, what do you want to be? Um, no matter what you do, it's like, maybe I want to express, or maybe I want to be more, more present, or maybe I want to heal or like, you know, these kinds. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter whether you're in any kind of a relationship, whether you're in a big corporate executive, having 200, 300 people, or whether you're just being with your dog or with your kids. um, That's, that's who you are. Like you, you want to heal people. You want to listen to them. You want to be present with them. Um, And then that, that's, but that that's that are what is going to keep keep you going no yeah. matter what changes in your life yeah oh my goodness i adore you i love everything you're making my whole life make sense to me thank you this is <laughs> <laughs> but also um i think you've given so much food for thought for everyone who is trying to make their passion a doing instead of a being and you know we're all about yeah. being it until we see it here so anything that can be being is perfect for us um 
All right, loves, it's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality, and that's why for three years I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. At 52 iterations of their formula and counting, their team is always trying to find better ways to source, test, and aim to find the best quality ingredients available. I love this so much, guys, because so many people think I have to get it right the first time, and they have done 52 different iterations. I freaking love that. So many people have asked me if AG1 is actually the real deal. I really do drink it, and trust me, there's a reason why I've been drinking it for so long. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that like I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you wanna replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T, check it out. Okay, before I let you go, again, we're going to find out people find you, work with you, learn more from you, and also your beat action items. Yeah, so everything is there on my website, www.sunitasandeep.com. I have a masterclass, a free one-hour masterclass, 15-minute masterclass that talks about my awake program. And uh, um, many people have just got shifts by just watching this. And it's like, oh, my God, this is who I am, or this is what I need to do, and this is the way, and so um, so feel free to just go subscribe yourself to that and watch that masterclass. I also have a free ebook that I have on my website that talks a little bit more into my own journey as a, as a trauma survivor. And I also have a TEDx talk that I have linked in there that you can go watch that will give you a little bit more um, hope, even if you have gone through any kind of a trauma and, and how you can use trauma as a catalyst for your positive mm-hmm. growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a few articles and I and I love writing. So I write a lot of uh, blog articles and uh, a very different way from the mainstream way of looking at things. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a little bit contradictory what I write, um, but I think hopefully touches um, somebody who's ready for that, for that change. Yeah. Um, love all that. Thank you for all those. We'll put those in the resources in the show notes below so you can easily click on them. They'll also be on the website so you can click on there. Before I let you go, bold, executable, intrinsic, targeted steps people can take to be it till they see it. What do you have for us? Uh, Number one starts from acceptance, period. Period. Like acceptance from the mental level, acceptance from your emotional level, acceptance from your somatic level. Mm -hmm. Accept and see how the world changes for you. A very, very deep acceptance. That's all. Yeah, literally, that's all. Because if you can accept your pain, if you can accept your suffering, you will you will get into to your evolution in in, in like a quantum shift. Yeah, and it, it sounds simple and complicated at the same time. <laughs> it, it is complicated. It is. Uh, it's not easy to do. Um, sounds way way simple. Um, but again, um, to to go through the path of acceptance is a multiple transformative shift. And when acceptance leads to awakeness, um, you will feel alive, you'll feel awake, you'll finally feel like you've gotten up from, from your sleep. Um, and um, uh, it'll lead you to, to many places. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your amazing words. I got so much out of this. I know those of you listening probably got some amazing nuggets. Please make sure that you share them, put them on your socials, text it to a friend, because the more of us that are understanding the difference between overwhelm and overloaded and, and acceptance versus uh, what we think we're supposed to be doing. And 
all the things you just said, the more of us who can do that, the easier it is for all of us to do it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, just spreads. it just spreads. Yeah. 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 So yeah. y'all, thank you for uh, listening. Make sure you tag the Be It Pod when you share this, tag Sunitha and um, let us know how this affected you in your life. And until next time, be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of the Bloom Podcast Network. It's written, filmed, and recorded by your hosts, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. It is produced and edited by the Epic Team at Desenio. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music, and our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to Melissa Solomon for creating our visuals and Semena Velazquez for our transcriptions. Also to Angelina Herico for adding all the content to our website, and finally, to Meredith Crowell for keeping us all on point and on time. All right, my coffee lovers, I got something for you. And I know most of you are coffee lovers because if you're listening to this, you have lots of things you're doing and coffee is something that you are taking with you everywhere you go. In fact, I know the Plaza instructors around here are taking coffee, kombucha, tea, and water into every class that they take. So this one is amazing because this is Pure Cafe Bold. They have two options for you. They've got black coffee and then they've got a caramel coffee latte, which is amazing. And here's why it's amazing. It's pre-brewed. So it comes in this amazing little packet and you can actually just take the packet into your office, your work on a plane like we've been doing. And then you pour hot water in and boom, you've got coffee. And this coffee actually has some amazing stuff. It's not just regular coffee. This coffee supports your immune system. It boosts cognitive function, increases stamina, it reduces stress, and it has cordyceps. And what are cordyceps, you ask? Oh, that's right, Brad's here. Nature's powerful secret energizer, a rare species of fungi, cordyceps is renowned for its invigorating properties and centuries-old use in traditional medicine packed with essential nutrients. This natural adaptogen boosts stamina and supports overall well-being. And seriously, it's actually super simple to make. Leslie and I have taken it camping. Yeah. I'll use it in the afternoon. We're taking it everywhere because I'm tired of conferences and different hotels having burnt coffee. It's a thousand times better than the terrible coffee that you get on an airplane. And the black coffee is like less than a dollar a packet. So it's like, it's really kind of amazing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big fan of the caramel myself. He the does caramel like has it. a little bit of, uh, of milk in it. So. It has some dairy. So my dairy free peeps, you, you can't do the caramel, but you can do the black, right? Yeah. The black coffee is vegan, keto, gluten-free, non-GMO, nut-free, dairy-free, fat-free, and CGMP compliant. All right. So here's the deal. You need to go to beitpod.com slash coffee, B-E-I-T-P-O-D.com slash coffee. And when you do that, you are going to be able to get some amazing coffee that we're loving. You can buy it as a one-time purchase, or you can actually get it as a subscription. There's even family packs. So if you know that you've got a lot of coffee drinkers in your household, this is amazing. And it's honestly cheaper than all the coffees we've been making at home. So we are so excited. I hope you are. Go to beatpod.com slash coffee. And, you know, cheers to you and I. Every morning, we'll be drinking the same coffee together. Woo!